You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. Um, All right, so if you're new here, welcome. You came on a good day. I want you guys to know this. Um, because we're starting a new series today. It's a series we hadn't done in a few years, although there's been much debate about when the last time we did it was. Uh, but we don't know because we're straining for what's ahead and forgetting about what's behind. But um, we are a Bible teaching church. I want you to know this. If you're new. We, we, we teach the Bible here. Uh, now, we may not teach it in the way you're used to it, but we teach the Bible. Uh, matter of fact, most of our, our time in sermons at this place is spent just taking a book of the Bible and going through it and talking about it. Like, that's what we do probably 85% of the time, right? We go through books of the Bible. Um, but occasionally what we like to do is what we believe that Jesus did. Jesus would take the things of the world and use the things of the world to illustrate something divine. Like when Jesus was walking around and talking to people, he didn't just read the Old Testament. What he would do occasionally is he would see someone with grapes, and so he'd talk about grapes or wine. He'd talk about wine or, you know, whatever, a wheat. And he'd talk about wheat, water. He saw normal things that everyone understood, and he took normal things and used them to illustrate divine things. And so when we do a series like this, we're doing a series today called Summer in the Movies. And when we do this, what we're doing is taking ordinary things like movies and using them to present a biblical point. And so we feel good about this. It's not the core of what we do. The core of what we do is just teaching books of the Bible. But this is a cool, fun little change every now and then, and we get popcorn. And so, yeah, and Chris's, Chris's popcorn is strong, too, strong to very strong. It's good. And so the, the extra ingredient is lard, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> That's, that's what makes it so tasty. He'll tell you the secret. It's out. He knows. He'll, he'll tell you. Uh, lots of butter. But um, all right. So typically what we do in, in some of the movies is we use movies that aren't like what you consider kingdom movies. Like some of the movies we used in the past was like Napoleon Dynamite, which is probably a kingdom movie in the scheme of life. <laughs> Nacho Libre, definitely a kingdom movie. Um, Elf. I mean, so we normally use things like that. But this year, I'm kind of cheating a little bit on the opening because I'm using a movie that is clearly a kingdom movie. And the movie I'm using is a movie called Jesus Revolution. And it, it, guys, this movie is like, all right, so let, let me just be honest. Not all Christian movies are great. Um, if Kirk Cameron is in it, I'm probably not going to watch it. That's just, it's not a knock on Kirk Cameron. I liked Full House or whatever, but it's like, I, I'm just, it's not what I do, whatever show he was in. And so, um, but this movie is phenomenal to me. Like I, I sat and I watched it and I cried and it was just so beautiful. And like it, God spoke to me in so many ways. I've been searching for years for vision for what's next. And like, I'm just searching and begging God for it and year after year. And I met with teams and met with people and like just asking God what's next. What's next for this church? Like, how do we continue to grow? And what does growth uh, in the kingdom look like? Because it's easy to measure growth based on numbers. And so I don't care about that. That stuff's good, but it's not the sole matrix of what growth is about. And so God has spoken to us clearly, not just me, but my whole team. And he said, grow deeper. And we remember this, like during Corona, we all got together and, and we got down on our hands and knees and surrendered our roles and everything. And God just said, grow deeper. And so we've done that. And that's why we're teaching the Bible here so much. But since, since like 2020, we have spent so much time teaching people to read the Bible because we must grow deeper. Otherwise, we get fooled by everything. 
As a matter of fact, I see people all the time on Facebook and, and like so many people, even people from this church, will follow someone on Facebook that shares something about Scripture that is not the least bit scriptural, and this person has no expertise sharing it. It'd be like going, going to a snow cone hut and telling them to operate on your leg. That doesn't make any sense, does it? You, we're listening to people who don't know the Bible. And so we've been growing deep so that we can learn the Bible, so that we can spot what's real and what's not. And so God has spoken. He said, grow deep, grow deep, grow deep. And we're, we're still going to do that. But lately, God has spoken something else. And, I, and I'm willing to say, when I, when I say it, you're going to say you're right, because you've been feeling it too. I don't think God... And listen, we may plant in other communities one day. I, I, maybe we may grow this building bigger, maybe all those things. But I think God is saying a word, grow diverse. I think God is calling us to grow in our diversity. And I think you feel this, and I see this, and if you're here in the room and your eyes are open, you see it, I think we are being called to grow in our diversity. And that doesn't just mean skin color, although that's a great place to start, but it doesn't just mean color of our skin. I mean, that's almost too easy for what I think God is calling us to do. I think that's part of it, but I think he's calling us to grow beyond that, to grow diverse. Guys, what we got, we got two housing communities that are being built around us. There's one right across the street, and there's one right down the road. Let me tell you this. Those are going to be substantially different communities. That's just the reality of it. And, and if you've been in this community any time, you walk around and you see things are changing in this community. We see that things don't look like they looked 10 years ago. We see that people are changing. And, and not only that, in this community, and let's just, again, we're just being honest, we're family here, that you can see the effects of drugs and, and just generational poverty and pain. You can see the effects of that on this community. If your eyes are open at the Dollar General, you're seeing what I'm seeing. Are you with me? I mean, that you see the generational effects of pain. And there's so much diversity, so many different people. Man, you don't have to go to Vegas to people watch. Go to the Big Red. Like, things are changing in this community, guys. Even the Big Red's no longer a Big Red, I think. It's Circle K now. Oh, see? Now what do we do? <laughs> and so we see these people, and we see the differences, and we see the effects, and we see, you know, things aren't the way they used to be, blah, blah, and we have a choice of how we choose to see these things. And this, this first scene, I think, is, is, is so beautiful, and this just sets the tone for where we're going today. Go ahead and throw that one up for me if you don't mind. Jeanette tells me you're a pastor. Yes. Currently. I know we must seem pretty strange. But if you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see a bunch of kids that are searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. So to answer your question, how do I describe my people? They're sheep without a shepherd, chasing hard after lies. And the trouble is, your people reject them. So I ask you, Pastor, how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? We can only walk through doors open to us. And your church 
So this, the, the scene is uh, there was a cultural revolution going on. There was a shift. And, and many of you lived through this, right? And like uh, these hippies started invading the communities. And so, you know, what once was just a California thing, and then it became like a local community thing. And next thing you know, in these small towns, they were looking around, and their town had changed. Now there's all these, you know, hippies, these guys and girls walking around, all this craziness, right? And so as the community was shifting and changing, there was a problem. The church wasn't. The church looked the same even while the community around them changed. And so historically what often happens when a church is placed in a community and the community begins to change, and I've, I've seen this, and so have you, is the church just relocates, right? Now that this community doesn't feel, this, 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 wasn't, where, this wasn't how it was when we started, right? And so instead of, instead of shifting and changing and meeting, the, hey, we're just going to go somewhere else that's a little safer, right? And so what happens if that's not what the church does? What happens if the church begins to see the people in their community, all of them, as simply sheep who need a good shepherd? What happens? What does that look like? There's a verse that he referenced in that, and it's Romans 10, 9. Let's, let's just, this, is, this is good stuff right here. Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they, whoever your they is, call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Gosh, it's gorgeous. And I, 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 that's just, man, we've got to open our eyes. You have a choice in how you see a changing world. You have a choice in how you see uh, diversity and how you see it. And you can see this as a people who are a threat to your lifestyle. Or you can see them as sheep who need a shepherd. Equals, brothers and sisters, who stand in need of the same grace that you stand in. And again, I, let's, let's, it's not just about color. Let's, let's, let's talk about diversity. Diversity in what people think. Diversity in their political views, right? Do, do, do you see them as the people who need a shepherd or just as someone who's a threat to you? What about diversity in people who don't see sexuality the way you do? Or, or diversity in people who don't see, you know, substance abuse the way you do? Or diversity in people, whatever it is. Whatever your thing is, whatever your fears, what about those? How do you see them? Is the doors of this church open to them? Are the doors of your heart open to them? Are the doors of my heart open to them? That's where we got to start. Is this heart open really? It's easy to say it. It's real easy to say it. But are the doors of your heart open to them? To them. And, you know, here's, here's what it, this is like. As I was writing this, I was like, man, you know what breaks my heart is the churches that seem to be the most opening, like the most inclusive and the most welcoming to all people, regardless of whatever, they're churches who stopped preaching the truth. So, like, it's real easy to be welcoming and say, if you just want to not, if you, hey, you're good, I'm good, we're good, we're all good, just do whatever. 
And yet these are the most welcoming places in the church world these days. And they're welcoming simply because they've forgotten about the truth. And so I, I don't think that's what we're called to do when we're called to be welcoming. I, th I, th I think it's more than that. We've got to see people as people who need Jesus, and we've got to see people who are being transformed as one big family. But it doesn't mean we have to fall completely into liberalism where we begin to believe that everything is okay no matter what. And, too many, and, and, and that's, that's the route too many churches have taken. It's in order to be loving, let's just throw out the truth. All right, that's, that's legalism, or that, that's liberalism. On the other hand, are the legalism churches? Are the churches who really, the best way to protect heaven is to keep all them out? Right? We want to protect our church and our way and our thing. So I'm going to set these Pharisee rules so high that no one can ever get in. I'm going to make sure all my sin stays completely hidden and make sure that I talk a lot about theirs. Right? Less amens on that one. I mean, come on. And so, so what, what if, what happens, what happens if we refuse liberalism and we refuse legalism and we try to find something in the center, something that looks like grace and truth? And so I was, I was thinking, well, that's never been done before. No one's ever done that. That's, that's crazy. You can't do that. You can't be a place of both grace and truth. You must choose. You must be the all good church or you must be the we hate everybody but the people in the church church. Right? No one goes to hell or you're all going to hell. We got to choose. We got to pick a side on this. And then I thought, well, hold on now. Perhaps this isn't such an original idea. Because I read this verse the other day in John. This is John 1.14. This is John's version of, the, of the, the birth narrative. And it says, the word, that's Jesus, right? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Well, hold on now. I thought it was impossible. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we received grace in the place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is the close relationship with the Father, has made him known. Okay, there, there was a repetition in that passage. Did you catch it? What was it? Grace and truth. It's almost as if the plan was grace and truth. The plan wasn't to be the grace church, and the plan wasn't to be the truth church. The plan was to be the combination of both things. And Jesus, it doesn't say Jesus was a little grace. He said he was the fullness he was the completion of both grace and truth. And so, what's that look like? What does that look like? A church that's both grace and truth. There's a scene in the movie um, where the pastor decides he's going to be a, a grace and a truth church, like this messy combination of the both. And I don't even know if the movie people knew that's what he decided, but that's what he decided, and I'll prove it to you in just a minute. P play that second scene for me if you don't mind. This place... It is yours. <laughs> I don't I don't care if anybody else thinks so. <laughs> if if you feel like you're an outcast, then join us here. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, 
This is where you belong. If you feel ashamed or trapped in something you've done or are doing, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. No guilt trips. <laughs> this is your home. And I want you to tell all your friends about it. There is a place for you. Now that door is open all the time for you, any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door is open for you too. It works both ways. Yeah, he, he said that last part, not me. That was, what, what's the grace? Here's, here's the grace. The grace is this place is open to you. No matter who you are, no matter where you are or what you believe or where you were last night or where you are right now, uh, there's not, you're not going to fill out a questionnaire to come worship with us. You don't have to be like us to worship like us. As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure what us is anymore looking at the room. So... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know what that would look like to try to be like us. Uh, so the grace is you're welcome here. And, and this is biblical. Watch, this is in Luke, Luke 5, 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting in his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors. And tax collectors are the worst, Okay. You got to, they're, they're the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. And, and, and there's, Jesus goes to this party, and there's a large crowd of tax collectors, and others were eating with them. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said, It's not the healthy you need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus goes through great lengths to call people into community that didn't fit in in the community. He had an incredible ease with people who he had incredible um, moral distance from. And yet he called them in. And he created these little communities full of people. I mean, Luke, uh, Luke is telling us, Levi, who's Simon, the he, he should not have been in this community. This was good Jews. And they call in a tax collector. He didn't belong there. He didn't fit in. And yet Jesus called him in. And you notice what Jesus says. He just says, follow me. He doesn't even say, stop being a tax collector yet. He doesn't say, hey, uh, I want you to change everything. I want you to put on a different outfit. I want you to stop doing that. I want you to stop smoking. I'll just, just follow me. It's not like a bunch of complicated stuff. It's just, it's just an invitation to come and follow me. And that's the grace. The grace is all are welcome to follow. It is a pe people call our, our, our belief exclusive. This is the most inclusive thing. Everyone is invited. How's that not inclusive? Everyone is invited to come and follow him. That's the grace. But that, that clip isn't just about grace. It's also about truth. Because he says, for all who come, you'll find two things. He says, forgiveness and freedom. And you cannot find forgiveness if the truth doesn't lead you to know you need to be forgiven. You can't find forgiveness if all you ever hear is, oh, man, you're okay and everything you're doing. Listen, God loves you. 
and, and God, God cares for you, and God died on a cross for you, but you are not perfect just as you are, and neither am I. I need Jesus Christ. Christ didn't come to affirm everything I think. He came to transform me so that I think more like him. And that requires the truth. Listen to this. This is John 8. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been slaves to anybody. How can you say that we shall be set free? And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. I know that you're Abraham's descendants, yet you're looking for a way to kill me <laughs> because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence. And you are doing what you have heard from your father. The truth, guys, sets you free. The truth gives welcomed sinners the reality that there is a solution for their sin. The truth is, I mean, you can't, you can't, truth and grace must be tied together. Or what we end up with is a watered-down version of Christianity that wasn't what Christ came to represent. And, and listen, being grace and truth is complicated. It's messy. And when, when you're grace, yeah, you know, <laughs> Deanna. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it creates messy situations, right? Because what we end up with is, is churches full of people who don't really know church decorum. And they don't know our customs, and they don't know how, you know, and so, and so it requires difference. And what we end up with is church that didn't look like it always looked. And what it requires is churches who don't move out of neighborhoods when the move changes. It requires a church that are willing to have a move into the neighborhood to transform the lives of people. And it requires us not being scared of people who don't look like us and act like us and talk like us. What's your Rome in this, guys? Like, what's your vision for this? What is your, is your heart open to this? Is your heart open to not just having this, but pursuing this? To being a place that pursues people who aren't like us for the purpose of transformation. We're going to be honest about why we're pursuing them. We're pursuing them because everyone needs Jesus. And everyone is our responsibility. And I need Jesus, and you need Jesus, and they need Jesus. And is our heart open to this? And so I was praying. I was like, God, just give me a vision. And so I, I want to read you guys the, the words I wrote as I, as, I just, as I picture. And my vision doesn't have to be your vision, but like th th ask God to help you picture what this really looks like. And so here's what I wrote. Grace, where people, don't, where people who don't fit into community learn how to become contributing members to one, where the infants are invited to grow, where the unknown experience knowing, where the takers learn to give, where the, server, where the served are empowered to serve, where the passive learn to praise, where the dead are welcomed in and what they find is life. That's what I want. That's what I want to be part of. I probably got, what am I, I'm 46, 47, who knows, I'm somewhere in there. I, got a, I got probably only got a solid 60 or 70 years left in this place. Right? I don't, I don't want to just create another church. I don't even want to be part of just another church. I want, to, I want to experience something different, something beautiful, something inviting, something transformational, something challenging, something deep, something diverse, something alive. I want to see what they saw. Is your heart open to this? How far are you willing to go? What's your vision for this?
what's it look like? I'm not, I'm not going to do the last scene, so we'll skip past that because I want to do something else. I just want everyone to shut your eyes for just a minute. Van, you guys can come on up whenever y'all are ready. Just keep your eyes shut for just a second. Just what do you see? As, as we think about this and as we talk about this, what do you see? When you picture a room, a room where it's different, what do you picture when you picture life in a church? The Spirit of God breathing into a church. A place that truly means bring us your hungry and you're tired. A place that truly means are you hurting? Are you left out? Are you an outcast? Come here. If you don't know how church works, come here. Are you lonely? Are you afraid? Come here. Are you running from something? Are you caught in something? Come here. Come here and experience transformation. Come here and experience life. Come here and experience love. Come here and experience freedom. Be part of something. And don't just, don't just be someone who comes and to eventually allow the, the Spirit of God to flow through you to the point where you're actually giving into the world, where you're actually contributing into the world. Come here as, as, a, as a guest. Become family. Love each other. Love them. Pursue them. Want them. In your prayers, beg for them. Yeah, even them. They're not here to steal your way of life. Whoever your they is, just like you, just like me, they're sheep in need of the good shepherd. And how will they know if we don't tell them? In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's stand and worship together. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.